Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and Amazon has its yearly sale on movies right now, which is awful for my wallet. That seems dangerous. It is. <laughs> I, I'm Jay. Um, I haven't looked through it yet, I guess, but uh, I guess I'll have to. Uh, and I'm Josh, and I'm having similar wallet-based challenges with the steam summer sale so (laughs) yeah i've tried there are many ways for nerds with poor impulse control to suffer right now right (laughs) yeah i i have a wall of thousands of dvds that i desperately want to get rid of Uh uh-huh and so i'm slowly but surely transferring all of them into digital uh oh just by buying them off of amazon basically uh i have a I have a media server and I I can rip them onto there, but it's just oh you do yeah the 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 problem is is the quality I I guess I'm a quality nerd I can't get the you know when you're ripping off of a DVD to try to play on a 4K TV it just doesn't doesn't look very good yeah it doesn't it does not translate as well as you would hope um so uh yeah I I'm I'm slowly but surely buying uh way more than my wife would like. And I, I absolutely hate Amazon's interface. Can I just say that? Go right up oh, front. Oh, it's awful. Like it, Julie you, Like it makes you wonder how, how they got to this place. How could it be this bad? Some, a company that is supposed to be theoretically good at this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I, the part that drives me nuts is like, so I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago, Amazon had this you know, single line of movies that you've purchased and you have to scroll through them through left or right. And there's only, the only way you can do it is to scroll through them or search for them. But really at the end of the day, if you're, if you log in to look at your movies and you want to scroll to the first movie you purchased, you can scroll for forever, especially if you're, I mean, I'm up to probably 300 movies on Amazon that I own. So, uh, you know, I'm thinking six, seven years ago, I'm thinking, well, certainly someday soon Amazon will fix this. (laughs) <laughs> right like how could they leave it like this forever it's clearly awful why wouldn't they have it be a page you could skip pages at a time you know like you can do on basically every other streaming service out there you know why wouldn't they fix it here we are in 2022 and the exact same interface exists on basically every amazon device ever Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile uh based on uh an article i read about uh uh, Marvel overlord Kevin Feige. I am clearly disappointing him and lots of people by just watching all this stuff on my tiny little phone screen. You know, I've got like uh, multiple seasons of Star Trek, multiple movies, just 
watched on a tiny little screen because I'm a lazy a lazy person, I guess. I don't want to fight my family for my television. Who can say, really? I've been... I do watch... Sometimes at night, I'll watch shows on my iPad in bed while Brian's, like, playing Pokemon or something. Which is, like, four times the size of the screen I'm using, so well done. <laughs> I've, I just finished watching the new uh, Iron Chef show on Netflix. Okay. And I'd never watched the uh, uh, the, the old versions of the show. <laughs> um, but I knew it was, it was pretty fun. It's I, I was... I didn't expect how like kind of over the top and cheesy that it is, <laughs> but Iron Chef's the one where you like they're given random ingredients and they got to cook something, right? Yeah, they have a secret ingredient, and then like the chairman has five Iron Chefs that he'll pick who they're going to face off against, and so they have to beat their uh... the, the the random ingredient one. Josh is is chopped. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you get like a in chopped, you get a a box of. A completely random ingredients yeah 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 Ch- chopped is my favorite well i mean all false sorts of the glory of top chef but <laughs> we can agree to disagree <laughs> I, I mean i thought the one you truly loved was great british bake-off jay um i do like great british bake-off yeah but it's yeah i don't know it's it's different it's it's like a a sweet uh it's it's like difficult to call it a reality competition cooking show because like they're like oh you're running out of time here let me help you with your dough or <laughs> oh oh I see interesting but yeah um I I prefer the Ameritrash version of all of these nailed it is that the one that's like <laughs> the kids doing it and like there's it's, tears it's, and weeping <laughs> at, at multiple occasions nailed it they're, is they're the not, ones where it's like people kids. who who don't know suck, how to cook suck cooking oh yes. yeah 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 that actually is that is an incredible concept honestly uh there are times when i look at people on that show and go how do you survive <laughs> on a daily basis <laughs> amazing yeah that's fair um so news from discount games inc um yeah we we sell games. We sell them on our website. You should buy them, and you can enjoy, experience joy while you play your games. Or like me, you can just add them to the shelf and still experience joy. That too, yes. That is <laughs> an option. I, I guess more seriously, one bit of news. Uh, we did um, raise our free shipping threshold from $50 to $75. Um, I feel like it's we're still, I think essentially the the lowest free shipping threshold um and you know it sucks the prices keep going up but that's just what they're doing they keep going up so uh the new outlanders book came out for necromunda you can now play squats <laughs> it's true yes are those did little, you, did you decide to play kind squats? of things no squats are uh games workshops dwarves. space space dwarves. dwarves oh space dwarves oh yeah yeah, what is your what is your gang, Trevor? Um, so my gang has always been the Delac or Delacroix, or I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, but that's what it's been for twenty five years. I don't know why I would change it now. Um, because but, you play space squats. Because yes, because now there are space squats and they were not available before as a uh, necromunda gang. So mm. 
Um, well, the truth is, is I went into my lo- friendly local gaming store, <coughs> discount games, and um, they did not have the the lock book. So I was forced to order. And knowing Games Workshop and their specialist games, uh, the chance is that the book may or may not ever come back into stock. They they don't like to reprint specialist game stuff. So it's true. In in fact, there there's um some cards tactics cards in necromunda that i think have been out of print for years at this point that are like critical to the game oh jeez. <laughs> all right well um we are going to discuss things to do on the fourth of july uh josh you are going to start us out with some of the the games that you have been excited for uh i'm going to start light because I'm trying to condition myself to recognize that, you know, you're trying to play games with sometimes with family members that may not always want to play antiquity, which, you know, what's wrong with these people? Uh, and that you might be, you know, at sort of a barbecue-ish environment or whatever. So uh, I'm starting light. We've talked about it. Uh, it was, I believe it ended up being the Spilis Yaris winner uh i should probably check that but you know who's gonna fact check me at this point um it's it's basically like you uh uh teaching rules like who's gonna know (laughs) (laughs) hey for the record the most recent wheelering in this city happened by trevor uh with antiquity so you know he's got a long ways to go to catch up to me i deny that Anyway, the light game I'm going to suggest starting with for one to four players is Cascadia. Um, so just a brief revisit. This thing is a tile placement game, and it's a river drafting style game. You know, So you have um, a number of tiles, hex tiles laid out, and with each of those hex tiles, there's also a disc that has an animal on it. And these animals are all sort of Pacific Northwest animals, so you've got bears and hawks and elk and salmon um foxes stuff like that right and so on your turn you choose a combination of tile and animal and then you have to place them in your growing habitat right and then the victory conditions are determined randomly there the one thing that's really i thought was really fascinating about this game really good about this game in terms of like for replayability right is that there are a multitude of victory conditions. And they're usually like, you know, have animals in a certain configuration kind of thing. Um, the one that I remember, the one that I, I can remember to talk about easily is like uh, the salmon. You have to have a run of salmon. So having, you know, a longer run of salmon is going to score you more points at the end of the game. Or, uh, for example, the the hawks, you score points for every solitary hawk that you have meaning there's not another hawk adjacent to it right um and then there's a couple things in the rules like there's ways that you can sometimes take a a tile and then a different animal you know from from a different spot in the draft deck and combine those together and anyway it's got just a lot of clever things to it but it's very simple you know because on your turn it's just this like one simple decision and so it it clips along at a really good pace It, it keeps people engaged the art is really fun. I mean, it, like, it's some of the most I- Idaho art I think you could find in a game, you know, because it's just got those type of animals all over it. So uh, that's the one I'm going to try to ease ease people into uh, this this Independence Day. 
questions? Yes. Sure. Yeah, You're next. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do have. Well, I, I mean, I, I would like to have questions, but I'm just I'm intrigued by this game, honestly. So. Um, and I should mention that I did pick it up at my friendly local game store, Discount Games Inc. Slash Gameopolis. <laughs> it looks like. Is Gameopolis the Clark Kent of Discount Games Inc. Or is Discount Games <laughs> Inc. the Clark Kent of Gameopolis? I'm uh, never sure about that. We are. In, <laughs> Uh, registered with the Secretary of State as Discount Games Inc. Doing business as Gameopolis. Okay, so Gameopolis is Superman, basically. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As near as I can tell, there's three nominees nominees for Spilljaras right now, Cascadia Scout and Top Ten. And as as near as I can tell, it's not finished yet. Oh, okay. I... Yeah, because now now that you're saying that, I'm like, oh, maybe Scout won. I couldn't. But now what I'm thinking of is I had read an article or a tweet by um, Eric Lang, a famous designer, and he was saying who he thought should win, basically. Yeah, I had I linked that in the Discord. Okay. Um, and another one there's for the Kanderspiel jars. I thought this was interesting. Had had you heard anything about the game, uh, Cryptid, Josh? So I have played Cryptid. It's really weird to me that it's a nominee. Like it's, it's an old game. Yes. Like, that's what's so weird to me. Like, we've played it a couple times. My little brother likes it quite a bit. I like it fine, but I'm not a <coughs> – I'm not a target audience for Logic games. Shocking, I know, from the, <laughs> from the Chaos Candidate, right? Um but it's it's really good. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a logic game. It's you figuring out from limited information, you know, where this, you know, cryptid, meaning, you know, Bigfoot or Loch Ness Monster or whatever, where they are actually hidden kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, so it is it is bizarre that it's a but but to that same point, like Dune Imperium's one of the nominees. Right. And I feel like that came out two years ago, maybe the only, during, during the pandemic. The only one I feel that I feel like is new is on that on that. Uh, Kennerspiel list is uh, Living Forest. So, who who can understand anything? Not me. All right, Trevor, you're up. What could be more American? <laughs> if you say Founding Fathers, you're my best friend forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, carry on. I would love to pitch that one as the game <laughs> that I'm playing this weekend. However, uh, I don't have anybody to play it with. So. Yeah. Uh, but but what could be more American than on your Fourth of July than playing GI Joe the role playing game? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, I know nothing about this other than that you own it. So tell us what is the system and who would you literally play this with? Well, apparently uh, we'll get to the who I'm going to play it with. Just... <laughs> He's going to be playing it with himself. <laughs> hey, now hold on. That, that is a spoiler, and you're not allowed to do that until I get to that part of the. That's right. The, the presentation uh, discussion, yes. Yeah. Um. So the GI Joe game is a Essence Twenty game. Um. It is so it's similar to um. It, it's made by Renegade Game Studio. They did previous to this, and I believe using the same system, they did a Power Rangers. And coming out this fall, they're going to be doing a Transformers. Um. But uh, the game system is fairly simple. You you roll um, increasing die sizes according to um, your uh, attribute or your skill. Sorry, your skill rank. Um, you have four different attributes: uh, strength, speed, smarts, and social. Um, 
it actually reminds me a lot of the new Twilight 2000 game. Um, but it, it is when I was reading this, the the first section of it, I just I giggled to myself so much. I this takes <laughs> me back in so many ways to being a child um, and and playing with my GI Joes, uh, and made me quite angry actually that my aunt sold them. No, um, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. Um, anyway, but uh, I think that the game does a really good job of encapsulating. Um, not just the G.I. Joes that were on TV, but kind of the G.I. Joe uh, mythos from, I'm going to ignore the movies for a moment, but the, the G.I. Joe stuff from books, comics, just everything. And you can play whatever type of G.I. Joe game you want, whether it's more realistic, like some of the more um, newer G.I. Joe comics and, and books, or you can play it as cartoony as you want from the you know 1980s cartoon. Um, but it, it is... It is a, <laughs> really thick book with a lot of rules, a lot of options, a lot of stuff to make your character um, really feel like a G.I. Joe, I guess, you know, have the, uh, the quirky nickname and the military history or non-military history, whatever you choose. And how, has, how do you expect that you will play it? Cause I could see myself like getting sucked into playing it cartoony. You know what I mean? So I never, maybe I'm misremembering, but I don't recall the cartoon ever airing in southeast idaho when i was a kid i don't think so yeah i, I, I was a kid yeah same yeah I, I don't i don't remember you know i don't remember which station it was on regardless it doesn't matter it never it never came here i told my I wife it, i told I my it wife aired on fox initially and we didn't have fox oh okay, okay. um re- regardless there's there were several cartoons we didn't get locally as kids and i I think some of them might have been that the local stations chose not to air them because of, you know, violence concerns or whatever they happen to be. Um, but we did, we, there was a lot of stuff we didn't get as kids here locally. And you would like look in, you know, the um, TV guide and see this was supposed to be on this time period. And you get up on Saturday morning and turn it on and you'd be getting something completely different, you know, reruns of Scooby-Doo or whatever it was. So I have very little to no ties to the cartoon series okay okay so your so, love of it comes from the toys and the comics um i've never read the i i have read some of the 80s comics of it and they're not much better than the tv series as far as i'm concerned they're still pretty cheesy so okay. my my exposure to it was purely the toys and the little dossier on the back of the each of the guys like the descriptions mm-hmm, of each of them. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> okay. um so one of my biggest ties to them actually is um, when Choose Your Own Adventure books became quite popular, um, they started branching out into every single genre, everything. And one of the the ones that branched out, there was a, a company called I think it was Find Your Fate that made a um, they made a bunch of of lines that were associated with specific brands. So they made one that was a Indiana Jones, they made one that was a GI Joe. Um, I think they had some others, but the G.I. Joe books just really, really sang to me for whatever reason. And they're they're far more realistic. Even the the G.I. The GI Joe Choose Your Own Adventure books from the 80s were far more um, gritty. I, I don't want to call them, call them too gritty. They're still intended for kids, but um, more realistic um, than what you get in the comics and car- the old school comics and the old cartoons. Mm-hmm. So for me... I would probably 
run it if i were running it i would probably run it more as a more realistic you know anti-terrorist group and mm-hmm. i would run yeah, yeah. Co- cobra as a more uh realistic terrorist group with more realistic uh consequences so that that's me but i would like if someone ran this for me i would accept any version of it (laughs) so do you do you know trevor this is the publisher of this is renegade game studios correct yes and when you said i guess i don't know you called it an essence what's the term essence 20 that's their game system okay so renegade game studios is also the publisher that put out kids on bikes right is that Um, a related game system question mark what do you know? I'll look. Uh, yeah, I, I, you're asking the wrong guy. Anyway, the reason I ask is I got that for one of my daughters for Christmas a couple of years ago. And it's funny because I ran a game of it for them, like a one shot, you know, over Christmas for, for her and a couple of her cousins and stuff. And my younger daughter, my youngest daughter and I, we just finished watching the first, is it seven episodes of Stranger Things season four? Seven or eight, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And, um, and she like, about five or six episodes and she 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 turns and she looks at me and she's like was kids on bikes inspired by this you know or and i'm like yeah 100 percent." and then she it like you know how you you know how every time you remember something you actually are re-experiencing it and and you change the memory i mean our you know our brains never actually remember stuff right they just make it up every time uh you could tell that the memory like raised in it, it, it's her estimation of the memory was raised by realizing that it was related to stranger things. You know what I mean? So, uh, anyway, I can't, I can't figure it out what kind of system it is now. I'll have to look, but I just, so I mainly ask cause renegade, I really think they do a good job with their RPGs. Not that I buy a ton of their RPGs, you know, but like, yeah, I mean this, this book, the, the, the GI Joe book is, it is 350 some odd pages. It's huge. And just has a lot of detail, a lot of options. Um, it has some um, options for running your first missions in the back of it. I mean, you're getting a lot of material here um, uh, in in a pretty reasonable um, and well-printed book. It's a $55 book. So I, I feel like you're getting a lot and getting um, uh, a lot of quality here. So, okay. um, I mean, so... I don't know about kids on bikes. I'm not seeing any references to that, but, but seeing what dice you use, I wouldn't be shocked if it's the same setting. So how do you, how do you resolve a, a, um, a task? I remember it basically bike? kind of being fate dice. Okay. Then that's not at all. What okay. This is. Okay. No, this is, you have, um, an increased skill. Um, so in, in the essence 20 system, you have, um, I believe it's a number of skills equal to your stat. So I gave you the four stats: strength, speed, mm-hmm. whatever. So and if so, you so, ha- yep. yeah, if you have a if you have a stat of say three, you have three different skills available in strength, and then each of those skills has a die rating of, of um, D2 up to I think D12. So basically, as it gets better, you roll a bigger die. I'm gonna have to. Uh, that does sound familiar. So I, I'm gonna keep researching. But okay, that's cool. So that's a so, little different system then. Um. So it, it like I said, it does remind me of the Twilight 2000 system, mm-hmm, the new one. Mm-hmm. Twilight, Twilight 2000. Instead of having, um, you'll have a, a, a two different dies: your your attribute die and your um 
your skill die and they're they're on the same scale they start at d6 and go to d12 and you just you're rolling them looking for you know whatever's the higher number essentially you're looking for successes there it's a little different but similar so uh you know i have not tested the system so i'm not going to you know sing its praises or do you know say anything bad about it other than this book i probably jay's right i will probably never play this game because I can't seem to find anybody who's interested. Like my normal gaming group, I sort of pitched it to them and they kind of poo-pooed it. See, that surprises me. that Because I feel like your normal gaming group is at least willing to try some stuff. They are willing to try something to an extent. Um, but they're... I mean, I really feel like my local gaming group has is suffered from the we didn't get G.I. Joe as a kid here on TV. Mm, yeah, I mean, I... Yeah. I, I, I didn't have any of the toys. I didn't watch it as a kid, and I've watched the live-action movies, but that hasn't oh, been geez. me. Wanted yeah, those are RPG. so bad. <laughs> oh, they're so bad. The I, movies I, are. Yeah, I don't even understand how they got past the first one. Like the first <laughs> one is so bad. Like, why would anyone greenlight another one after because that? Because nostalgia is powerful, dude. Like, it sucks people in. Let's just admit it. Okay, but there's basically no nostalgia in those movies. Oh, really? Okay. In my opinion, they're they are an action, a really poorly written and poorly done action movie with GI Joe names pasted on. Like it's just there was none of the none of the nostalgia for me, and and I I didn't see any of the cartoon or the comics in them. There, like they're just they just felt like so poorly done. I don't know. Like they should have. They, at this point, they should reboot and look at what Marvel has done, even what DC has done. <laughs> I, I mean, like there's so much better examples of how to take a a property and and modernize it. But yeah, anyway, right, right. Yeah, uh, my... just for the record, Trevor, I have dug a, in a little deeper, and Kids on Bikes does use that that SM20 system. system. Yeah, like where you you know if you suck, you're rolling a D4, and if you're amazing, you're rolling a D20. Is that right? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, I I think that even if you have any sort of nostalgia for GI Joe, the book itself is an amazing read. Okay. Um, there's a lot of information in it that's just it's just fun. Like I would have, I even in hindsight, you know, knowing that even after I've pitched it to my friends and they poo pooed it, um, I would still I would still I don't feel bad about this purchase. You don't I, regret the purchase, yeah? No, sure. not at all. I yeah. think that it's a great purchase. Um, will I ever actually play it? It seems pretty unlikely. Um, I I might be able to draw somebody in with my pitch of hey it's just you know I'm gonna play it a lot more gritty you know because I think they're they're probably thinking you know the cheesy 80s cartoon and and the, and they don't have any ties to it so um, what if you pitched it as like an A team RPG would that would that do oh it yeah for my my friends would instantly be on board <laughs> <laughs> there you go see yeah, there you go and the, the you, funny thing is, is i like, gave you the winning pitch i mean i feel like that is, i feel like it could be an a-team rpg pretty easy oh yeah yeah you that is a that is a pretty appropriate pitch yeah yeah i mean it 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 feels like you could easily make the 18 characters in here and you know and rename Cobra to whatever you know weekly uh, adventure the A team is fighting that week. And right, right, yeah, it, it is. Anyway, one of the things that I find really interesting is that it goes through and and it, I think if you were to think of um, 
G.I. Joe from a design perspective and try to say, how am I going to make an RPG of this? Um, one of the things that Renegade Studios did really well was they created a bunch of different um, roles and they gave a bunch of um, skills that were very unique to those roles so that all the characters feel very distinct and unique. And I think that if you didn't do that, um, you'd be thinking, okay, well, how do I make you know one one character different from the next? Um, but they've done a really really good job of um, identifying specific, you know, brawler, um, tech guy, whatever. But there's a ton of them in the book and making them feel very unique and different. And that's one of its strongest aspects. So um, come to my house July 4th. Get the coronavirus with my me and my wife while we play Jack. <laughs> You're all invited. What a pitch. <laughs> Jay, I just want to know, well, I'm not sure what your pitch is actually going to be, but I want to know if you're aware that the uh, Funko has a big Thunder Mountain Railroad board game. You know, I'm just um, thinking about the fact that aren't you going to Disneyland for yeah for the 4th of July? Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't, I, I was not aware of that. I, I have a little bit of a hard time keeping up with Funko stuff because... They're one of the ones where they're like, okay, so we're going to sell you a board game for $18, and we want to say that the suggested retail price of the board game is $20. And, <laughs> oh, geez. Um, <laughs> and that doesn't work. <laughs> so, um, is, that, is that because they have more of a, like a direct-to-customer model? I, you know, I don't, I don't know why. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's... How do they expect anyone to survive off of that? I had no idea how many games they actually have. It's terrifying to me. Like, I, f- I accidentally fell down a rabbit hole when I did that search for Jay. Yeah, I mean, they have some cool stuff, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So, um, so for mine, I guess I'll, I'll do a little bit of uh, Jay's advice if you ever visit Disneyland and then how we're going to implement it related to gaming and so one of the recommends i have uh first of all we we stay uh close to disneyland which is nice because um brian's brian's always liked disneyland more than disney world which a lot of when you say close jay does that mean like um on on a disney yeah we're staying staying on a disney hotel there's you, you can do other ones that are close by that it'll save you a fair bit of money if you're not staying at an actual Disney hotel. But you know, the, in, in my opinion, the, the big difference, the big benefit of that is that if you go, for example, to Disney world, you know, when I, when I went the first time I went to Disney world, I, I, I had, I guess I wasn't prepared or expecting like just how much time you spend on travel mm-hmm. when you're at the park. That was my like, wife and I's experience, and we haven't really wanted to go back because yeah, I feel like I, we maybe did it wrong. It, there are ways you can do it that makes it better, but uh, it feels like a lot of your time is spent on a bus or a monorail or like like a big chunk of the day. And so then when we go to Disneyland, we ha- we're staying at a hotel that has like a private entrance into the park and. Mm-hmm. You you go in you walk into the park and you do stuff until you're tired and then you go back to the you walk back to the hotel and it's just like a few minutes and it's lovely 
And so um, I guess the what we do, we try to do a lot of times is um, we'll, we'll get up early or early-ish. And another thing that's a little bit different about Disneyland is that really it's more of a regional uh, theme park. It a lot mostly caters to local customers. And so, you know, a lot of those, they come in and they get there, you know, late morning or in the afternoon. And so early morning, the park isn't as busy. Um, and then when you, so we'll, we'll usually ride rides in the morning and then have lunch, have one fast pass for after lunch and then go back to the room and have a siesta in the room because in the afternoon is when the park's starting to get really hot and it's starting to get full of people. Um, and also if you, if you, I mean, I guess I would say that we're, we're old, which is true, but also, <laughs> uh, like there's a lot of people who, and, and like, I get it because like, it's an expensive experience, but there's a lot of times, like the first time I went to Disneyland, Brian was afraid that we were never going to go back and I wasn't going to have, you know, he had to make sure that we squoze every ounce of, uh, every joy, joy yeah. out of it. And so yeah, for the record, I, I totally understand why Brian would have believed that I, your love of Disneyland is one of the most shocking things to me in my life. <laughs> I'm, it just is. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Brian's going to enjoy hearing that quote. <laughs> <laughs> but, and so I remember, I have like these memories of like us standing in line and like the sun beating down on us in like this long line to ride the Little Mermaids line and like the ride's just not worth it. And if you wait and just do it in at some time when it's not like full capacity, then it's, you just like get right on the line. And so, and also like if you go with kids or whatever, like they need a break too. So I don't know. That's, that's just my recommendation. Take a, that is, yeah, I'm not as experienced as Jay, but that is one of the greatest recommendations for Disney known to man, like take a break. Yes. <laughs> So uh, we're going with Greg Webster. It's his first time going. I'm excited. Uh, but I'm I'm going to – Brian was like, are you going to take a, a game to play with Greg, you know, during the, the afternoon siesta? Um, and I, I thought about taking Arc Nova, but it's it's kind of a big box to pack around. Yeah, sure. And so I decided I, it's, it's time. I'm going to finally learn – uh, terraforming Mars Ares project, and we're gonna get that played. You mad? Yeah, that's man. good thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's good thinking. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a fairly small box, and it's it's a lot quicker game as well. So I'll I'll be able to teach you guys when I get back, and I can I'm sure wheeler some rules, and it'll it'll be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you won't wheeler that many rules. <laughs> Have you played any more uh, Arc Nova since I taught you, Josh? Uh, I've played two games since you taught me. Yeah, both both with my dad. And how does how is your how have you so, and your dad liked it? Uh, he likes it quite a bit. The the one thing that I've quote unquote wheelered with it, I feel like. So I have no idea what to do with the um, it's like the venom and the constriction tokens. I know that because the way you taught it to me is you can play it with the the alternate blue text rule down low, right? Right, yeah, yeah. But I like live in terror that someone's gonna corner me in an alley and be like, 
explain to me the rules for the constriction of venom tokens and i'll be like i don't <laughs> i don't understand them i don't know <laughs> uh yeah i mean there it's a pretty small uh part of the uh rules so it's just i think it's like a paragraph or two that you'd need to read and digest yes i have faith in you josh <laughs> thank you thank you so much um all right josh what is your next pitch uh so my pitch is going to be my gi joe level pitch you know meaning it's unreasonable and this no is a pitch for you <laughs> yeah yeah exactly right well i mean really what this is resent this yeah my uh, my brother and i have been texting because he's going to be up for like two days over the holiday weekend and and i'm like there's no way that we will play even even 10 percent of what we have discussed right but in that category of the 90 percent um he has a copy now of ryan lockett's game sleeping gods which you know the thinly veiled excuse we gave ourselves to buy it was that it would be a late Father's Day present for our dad. Um, so have you guys seen this at all yet? Uh-oh. Sleeping Gods. Okay, Jay, no. of course does. Yeah. So this thing is a, I mean, this is a co-op storytelling. You know, I, I, we I've, I've only played one game of it. We played it when we were at Board Game Geek Con this year, and it very much feels to me like an RPG a, without a DM. Right. Like a self-running RPG. You have, you know, you have these characters that are they're on this like steamship that got like sucked by into a portal into a strange world. And and they've been told that the only way they can go home is to find and wake the sleeping gods of this world. Right. And um, and so there's you know, it's got one of those books where you go to a location and you're going to open this book and read you know, here's what's happening and what do you choose to do? And, um, and, and so it's, it's a campaign. It's, I mean, it is, it, you, it's got a ton of content in my estimation. Would you call it a, a modern version of Arabian nights? I would. I think that's a very good comparison. Actually. I'm, I'm glad you thought of that. Yeah. Yes. It has a lot of those same, uh, Arabian nights characteristics. I would say it's probably not as brutal as <laughs> Arabian nights, but but who knows? Maybe I just haven't turned over the story that instantly turns you into a, a rat and has you diced up and, and served. <laughs> like, Arabian Nights has some grim, brutal endings, right? That's, like, that's true, yeah. Yeah, and, and I would say, like, you know, this uh, – so this is – it's definitely kind of an evolution of an Arabian Nights-style game, right? Because the characters have stats, and, you know, those stats are going to change over the course of the game, and, and different equipment's going to help them. And, and it's interesting because the steamship itself is – almost a character because you have ways in which you improve the ship right and as the ship's abilities improve it you know you you're now better able to heal your characters for example or you're able to travel further or you know when you travel through hazardous locations you know you might do better in them and that kind of thing so anyway and it has you know ryan lockett that's red raven games he i mean he's like He's like the ultimate renaissance man in terms of game design, right? Like he does all his own art. So if you like his style, you're just going to love it because there's more of it. You know, Um, one thing I will say about it is the combat is really interesting because like when you go into combat against creatures, you lay out these cards and they have like a um, three by three grid under them that shows kind of like where their weak points are, you know, like where you actually have to damage them. and, And it also shows like, um, like for example, if you if you damage the right arm, then 
they're going to do this much less damage, you know, with, with their arm hurt and stuff like that. And so, um, it has some really interesting mechanics in the combat too. Um, uh, yeah. So sleeping gods and, and I was going to say, they just had an expansion come out for it called, Oh shoot. Well, I'll, I can't remember now. I'll, I'll find it. But, but anyway, it, it's called really distant skies. Cool. Thank you. Distant skies. Thank you, Trevor. Uh, I just remember that there's a pterodactyl flying after a, biplane on it on the cover of that one i think um so yeah it feels a little lovecraftian it feels like you know arabian Nights style engine Uh, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces and and you got you got to be sitting down with a group here of you know one to four like-minded people that want to tell the story right that want to enjoy that part of it and they're going to get into like why they're making the, this decision and you know um anyway it, and it feels quite sandboxy right because we probably played for about three hours at, at bgg con and there were multiple multiple directions we could have gone even in just that first three hours so so let me just say i i've never heard of this game until you brought it up but uh-huh. um, I, i'm looking it up and there's some it, it released just last year 2021 okay it is um, already broken the top 100 of Board Game Geek, and it is in it is in currently in 16th place on the thematic um, list um, above games such as Mansions of Madness Second Edition, um, Seventh Continent, um, Robinson Crusoe, Lord of the Rings: Journeys in Middle Earth. I mean, it is beaten out Zaya. It's beaten out some. Whoa, amazing, whoa. Okay, okay. Pretty, I, pretty amazing. I not everyone loves Zaya as much as we do. Okay, whatever. I, I mean, my, po- my point if being, if Zaya had a campaign, I guess it would be unbeatable. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I'm hoping that's what we get in their their fantasy version was on its. Way. But um, I, I'll, my only point to that was that it has skyrocketed up these lists very quickly. Like none of the games even near it in the list are as new as that one. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the the newest game on the thematic list that's above it is Dune Imperium, which was from 2020, um, Pandemic Season Zero 2020, um, and this is has a better average rating than Dune Imperium. I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna pass some of those games. So that alone makes me want to try it. So and I. I really did it. I've always enjoyed the Arabian Nights style games. I always, you know, yeah. I had the, to well, the last one we played it. was Smirsh, right? Like, yes, yeah. Which is which is more of a reskin, to be fair. Of yes, yes, yeah. and it doesn't have a campaign element to it, right? Yeah. Um. So just that alone, the idea of a modern re reskin rebuilding, I want, I would say, of anything like that, um, that's you know more. <laughs> balanced i guess maybe or more uh i don't know what developed the word. i don't know if i'd call more it developed. Balanced. Yeah, deve- developed, call it develop- developed yeah yeah developed is a good good word anything more developed than that i want to give it a shot so <laughs> yeah you are definitely the target audience for this and i want to make a brief complaint that hopefully my little brother will hear someday seventh continent shouldn't be on the thematic list it shouldn't even oh get out of here someone disconnected <laughs> from this chat <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i didn't connect with that game it seems like i should have but i was so tired <laughs> well the worst part is you, you're such a butt now you won't even give it a chance <laughs> anybody mentions it and you're like your eyes roll in the back of your head and you're like nope 
<laughs> Facts, yeah, accurate. <laughs> anyway, that's my Independence Day Holy Grail play that I don't know if it'll happen. Uh, Trevor, do you have anything short you want to talk about? Uh, sure. It's a little bit older game, but I'm going to throw it in here anyway because um, we were um, a little bit uh, surprised, I guess, by it, and it's become a family favorite, and that's Parks. Oh, interesting. Okay. So uh, Parks has been out for a couple of years. Yeah. It's not that old. Is it? I'd say three or four years. I'll look it up. I'll fact check us. Uh, 2019, so three years old. But it's got an expansion at this point. But um, So the game of Parks um, is a sort of an action trail, I'll call it, which is a thematically quite cool. You're going to move your worker down the trail, and you basically can't occupy the same space as somebody else on the trail unless you use your quote-unquote campfire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you, you move down the trail and take actions along the trail, and the trail gets shuffled around throughout the game, so it changes up. Um, but basically what you're doing is you're trying to visit parks, take pictures of those parks, um and uh, score the most points based on how many parks you visit and it's the art is amazing um the play is fun it's easy to understand my 10 year old had no problems with it um my daughter uh who she prefers lighter games um she got it for her birthday because we played it originally at icon and she just loved it so um, I think there's a good chance that, I mean, it feels like a good theme for the 4th of July, you know, going out and visiting your national parks. Um, and the art is just fantastic. So it's great, great game. Um, and I would recommend it to anybody looking for kind of a a lighter family style game. It, it is, I mean, it's it's not super light. You know, it's not a party game by any means. It's still a Euro style game, um, but it's, it's easy enough that I can, if somebody's played a Euro before or has played some games before, they could jump in pretty quickly and get it. Yeah, because there's not that many challenging decision spaces in it. So. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, you just move your pawn to the next available location and take that action. There's a little bit of a, um, a I don't want to call it a race, but a, you, you're doing your best to delay as long as you can to get as many actions as you can. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Right. But if you wait too long, you're going to lose some actions because if everybody else finishes their trail walk before you, you basically get forced to the end. So I, I, I find that an interesting mechanic, whereas you, you want to take the trail as slowly as you can to get as many actions, you know, see all the sights. Uh, but if you go too slow, you're going to lose, you know, the park's going to close, <laughs> go home. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. All right. Well, I, I think we can wrap things up there. Uh, Everybody stay safe out there. Yeah, don't don't blow your hand off. Don't make homemade fireworks. <laughs> uh, let us know what you guys are doing for the 4th of July, and we look forward to hearing from you.